What's up out there, podcast world? You're now tuned in to Patinico Presents. Stay with me, and I'm your host, Dennis. And today we have a podcast with one of my good friends, Garrett Daniels. He is a self-employed entrepreneur that happens to own a welding shop. And he's going to give us the ins and outs, tips and tricks on some weldings and tell us a little bit of the do's and don'ts. And then we're just going to get into a little bit of conversation. So without further ado, let's hop right into this podcast. How you doing today, Garrett? I'm pretty good. How you doing, Dennis? Oh, I'm pretty good, man. And I'm just glad that you had time to come on and do this with me. I appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I've, I've listened to the first few episodes. Uh, I think at this point you have, what, four out? And uh, I'm digging it. I like it. I like the new podcast. You're doing a good job, man. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And it's going to be a good thing to have you on here because recently... I took requests on topics that people might would want to hear about, and one of them was welding. And being it that you are a professional welder, I knew that you could shed some light on the welding subject and just some experiences and some perhaps do's and don'ts of the welding. Yeah, sure, man. I, I'm more than happy to. So uh, just a little about my background. Um, so I, I'm currently self-employed. I, I own a small fab shop, and it's just me. So for as far as my welding experience goes, I started out like just about everybody else, welding in a garage, except I was welding in about a 10 by 10 shed, uh, a wood shed actually, with a Kubota diesel tractor in it that I had to move so I could do any welding. And uh, I prayed before I showed up so that I wouldn't catch the diesel cans on fire. So <laughs> that's, that's how I started, just doing a lot of uh, blood score welding. And then uh, bought a stick welder a little bit after that, got into some heavy-duty stuff, building bumpers for Jeeps and that kind of stuff. And then uh, slowly got to where I am at this point. About uh, It's been about a nine-year journey. Um, it went through TIG school about five years ago. And uh, I'm, I'm certified for welding several super alloys, uh, aluminum, pretty much any stainless and mild steel thicknesses, positions, whatever it is. If it's if, as long as it's not titanium, <laughs> I've probably got some experience with welding it. And uh, any time that anybody that hears this wants to know anything about welding, they can reach out to me and, and ask any questions. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a broad subject and i mean there's there's entire podcasts that are just dedicated to welding and uh one that i really like to listen to is the welding tips and tricks podcast and they also have a youtube channel the guy's name is jody collier and to be completely honest with you man i would recommend anybody if you that after you're done listening to this podcast go check out that guy's information He's got a lot of great videos with good art shots showing you how to do proper weldments. Um, and, and most of what he's doing is it's thicker stuff. So I know that a lot of the guys that are going to listen to this are doing body work and that kind of stuff. So the stuff that Jody's doing, it, it really applies to guys in the industry. They're doing weld tests and that kind of stuff. But it certainly applies to when you're, say, fabric control arms or, you know, doing a, uh, you know, box in your frame or doing uh, one of these crazy airbag kits where you have to notch the frame and do all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of good information out there from, from him for that kind of stuff. So what uh, what subjects did, 
guys want to have us talk about today, man? Well, just uh, so most of the people, I know I do, I weld with the flux core and no gas. Mm -hmm. A lot of people prefer the gas. And the reason why I don't go with the gas is because a lot of what I do when it's time to start welding, it is outside and it would be a waste to be having gas just blow away from the weld while I'm out there on a windy day, you know? <laughs> and so where I live, it's pretty flat and the wind cuts through there pretty regular. So it'd be hard to keep a good flow of the gas coming through the nozzle to meet the weld, you know, while I was doing it. So that's why I prefer the flux core. And that's pretty much just what I learned on. Now, when I jump up to axles and stuff like that, I will throw on the gas and then we use the big welder to do that so that we can penetrate. But other than right, that, right. so what are some of the, the basics? What's the main difference other than the gas? What's the difference between the gas and the flux core? Okay, so when when you're talking about running gas, um, most everybody's talking about running solid wire. And that wire is almost always ER70S2 wire. And it's anywhere between probably 0.23 or 0.023 inches and typically 0.045. So the, the difference in the wires is that the solid wire is solid wire with a copper coating. It's just steel with a copper coating and that copper coating is on there to make it easier for your arc to start and to, to keep a good arc while you're welding. The flux core wire, the reason why you don't have gas in it is because you basically have, I mean, you have this stuff called flux that's inside of it and we've used it for shoot as long as welding has existed we, we used to put flux on top of whatever you were welding when you're oxy fuel welding it so that you didn't oxidize your welding get porosity in it so basically that flux powder is inside of your wire and you have a wire that's think of it like a uh, like like a wire that you use just for automotive wire like regular 12 gauge automotive wires you have a copper core with a plastic or a rubber jacket. So with flux cord wire, you're, you're instead of having copper cord, it's flux, and then that jacket on the outside is your actual steel. That's what's getting deposited into your weld. So a lot of guys have issues with welding sheet metal with flux cord, and I know that you do it, and I think you're crazy, but you can do it. <laughs> and I, I stick, I stick welded. Uh, you know, 20 gauge, and it's not ideal, trust me. <laughs> it's, you can do it. It's not. Um, right. The reason why it's so difficult to weld sheet metal with flux cord wire as opposed to solid wire with gas, but the, the big reason for that is what's called current density. And without getting too deep on you, basically, you have, say, you have 035 flux cord wire, and you have 035 solid mid wire okay the difference is that the amount of actual material being deposited into your weld puddle is far more with solid wire compared to flux core because you have that flux center and your diameter is the same so you have the same amount of current 
going through a lot less material, so it burns a lot hotter. That's why when you go and, you know, some guys will say that flexible penetrates better. Well, that's not necessarily true. It penetrates better per amp of, of input. So that's why flexible wire is so much, so much harder to weld thin stuff with. It's because you're putting a lot less material in, but you're putting the same amount of heat in because you have to burn all that flux. So, you know, guys like you who flux core all day, you can, you can get that crap to work. And I can't do it because I, I don't do that stuff. If I want to do something, I'll dig or visit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, and then another, you know, another thing to talk about with flux core is a lot of guys will just, you know, we'll go to Harbor Freight and get open wire or whatever it is. And that stuff's worse. It's, it's not the best flux core wire that there is. But, you know, if you upgrade to like a Hobart wire, it's actually Fly or uh, in anything similar to that, or even like a Lincoln or a Miller, uh, like a good name brand uh, foot score wire, it, your weld quality will be a lot better. You won't have to deal with as much nasty flag and build up and that kind of stuff. And then it, just because the quality of the wire is so much better, it will actually be easier to weld with no matter what thickness you're welding on. And Really, the big thing was was welding thin versus thick stuff. It's two things when you when you have a wire fed machine. It's your amperage input, your voltage input, and your wire feed speed. Typically, your wire feed speed on most machines is your amperage input. But we could talk about that crap for three days, and it would probably still not make any sense to most guys. So I'll just say that the power that you put in and your wire feed speed are the two super important things as far as settings on your machine. And then also your travel speed, your travel speed, sorry. So when you're welding, for example, sheet metal, you, you, you know that you have to pack the metal and then move to another spot and pack it and move around and pack it because you're doing two things. You're keeping yourself from melting the metal away and you're also keeping your heat input down. So what that does for you is it allows you to not warp the sheet metal so that when you go back and, and grind or planish your welds back smooth, you don't have nearly as much body work to do. You don't really have to shrink anything because with any welding heat input, it always stretches your metal. So when you're welding thicker metals, you don't have to spot tack and move around that kind of stuff. You see guys running just straight, especially with flex score wire, you see guys just running a straight pull with the, the mid gun. You know, you, you have one little caterpillar bead on whatever it is. And you can stack your beads for welding thicker materials and that kind of stuff. That all that's fine as long as you clean between your passes. But the the big difference is is you, you have to put more heat input for thicker metal. And I know that that's super self-explanatory, but you wouldn't believe the number of guys who don't understand that. <laughs> you have to, you can't just work your way around the part and tack it, especially if it's thick. Because I've seen guys, and I'm sure you've seen guys who they build really nice roll cages or something like that, and they'll they'll go and mid weld their cages. Mid weld the case is perfectly fine. 
But if all you do is go around that tube and you just stack tacks, you're not putting enough heat into the roll cage. So your weld joint is weak and it's more likely to fail. I'm not saying that it's gonna fail, especially if you don't hit it really hard, but it's more likely to fail. And I've seen guys do the same thing on chassis components, I've seen them do it on you know four link brackets and really even four link arms and that kind of stuff. So it, you just need to understand heat input. The thicker material that you're working with, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you're welding with ER70S2 straight mid wire with gas, or if you're welding with metal core wire or flux core wire, it, it doesn't make any difference. It's all welding. And welding, the, your processes, it, just because you're changing your process doesn't mean that you're changing the physics of the weld. So the thicker material that you're welding, the more amperage you need, the more wire feed speed you need. And the thinner material you're welding with, the less amperage and the less wire feed speed you need. Down to a point where you're just moving tacks around. And I was saying about the well cage, the, the roll cages with people stacking tacks, that's it, that's not a big deal with sheet metal because it's not a structural component car, right? Right. So that's that's why we do that on, on sheet metal. It, it keeps your warpage down, keeps your heat input down, makes it a lot easier, makes your life easier because you're not chasing holes around the truck. Right, right, right. And now speaking of the roll cages, you are making some pretty nice little roll bar setups for Jeeps and other vehicles. And is that yeah, one thanks, of the... Man. Yeah, hey man, they they look good, and you know, right? I mean, and you know, I'm bringing the Biscayne down, and I'm gonna have you yeah. do me a roll cage in that because I've always wanted a roll cage in the car. See, it's like I said once before, everybody wants a little race car in their car, whether or not it's fast or not. You still want it to have that look. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Dude, I totally know what you mean. Right. And just like, well, people with lifted trucks want them to look tough. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, that's just, just part of it. But I do know this. Once we get done with this next project, I'm loading up the Biscayne, and I'm having you put me a roll cage in that thing. And it's going to be sweet because I just know it is from just seeing what you do, you know? <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and we've been talking about this thing for at least a year at this point yeah. so I know you know that I'm, I'm getting to do it's going to be a good time yeah it is man I'm excited about it I want to hurry up and get through this next one so I can start on the car you know and I, but I just yeah. I want to bring it down there man and have you knock that thing out man it's going to be it's going to be pretty dope I think it's going to be nice yeah it should be fun you know that, uh, most of the stuff that I do it, it's traditionally been on jeeps because I, I was doing jeep stuff for a while and then got back into just doing fab stuff because um, like you and i have talked before you know I'd, you don't have to be the guy that does everything to to be successful and what i'm good at fab and welding work so i said you know what i i don't need to be bolting on suspension kits and wheels and tires and that kind of stuff all that's fine but i love doing all the fab stuff so and, you know, all the stuff that I've done has been basically off-road and trucks. So getting a car in there, I think I've only done one other car roll pitch. That, that'll be real cool. Hey, right, 
Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. And it'd be good to come down there, man, and, and be around the shop watching you work. Because I'm going to stay a couple days. I mean, I know it's going to take you a minute to do it, but I still I want to stay down there and, and hang out and kind of watch the process and, you know. Watch me grunt with my uh, with my manual tube bender, right? Right. Hey, man. As long as it comes out looking like what I see, I don't care. If you had to bend it by hand, I wouldn't care. As long as it looks like what you do. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what I'm doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. But, hey, man, that's good, though. But you know how to work the tool and get it to perform the angles and the bends and the turns that you need. So, I mean, I mean that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's fun doing it, and uh, you know what, man? When you uh, when you get your next truck done, we should we should put a bed cage in that thing. On the other one, the the one I'm getting ready to do. Yeah, well, really, either one, zero or or the next truck. I don't particularly care. I just think it'd be cool to have one in there. <laughs> it, you know what? So well. We've talked about that one, and that the next one's gonna be. He's gonna be like a kind of like a shop truck. I talked to you about that before, like putting the uh, yeah. the work bed on the back of it and stuff. So, yeah, I have to see how all that goes. But yeah, I wouldn't mind. I but I've actually wanted to do a, a four by four. You know? Maybe. Oh yeah, like uh, there used to be this old move or old TV show called The Fall Guy, and they yeah, had, dude, I love Fall Guy. Also, you know the <laughs> truck I'm talking about. Yeah, yep. yep, I know what you're talking about. Yep, I want to do one of <laughs> yeah. those. I want to do one of those. I a podcast called The Kibby and Friends Show. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but they, they reviewed the Dukes of Hazard, And they uh, they talk about the Fall Guy stuff. And one of the guys that's on there, I think he knows a good amount about the Fall Guy truck. And I could probably get a hold of him and figure out exactly how the roll cage is and we could probably build one of those that'd be cool it'd be pretty slick yeah those guys they they go super nerdy on the 80s stuff <laughs> <laughs> but it's great and you know all oh, that was way before my time but i still make my wife watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you get to see a lot of, of old cars get destroyed in the early 80s even back in the 70s when they were doing you know tv shows you know they destroyed oh yeah all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's been a couple episodes of the Fall Guy I watched when that truck would jump. Man, you'd see the drive shaft come flying out from under it. You know. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, it's, it's just like all those General Lees that, that they wrecked on the Duke's Hazard. Like, right. how many '68, '69 Chargers did they just completely take off the earth with with that TV show? Right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. That's a. Uh, but you know what, Mac when that was happening you know nobody even remotely thought that these cars and trucks would be worth anything they were just what they were vehicles you know right so they were 15 year old vehicles that barely ran i mean that's that's like having a 2005 cobalt right i mean <laughs> well it, it'd be like a camaro or right uh, were they making camaros in 05 they came i think they came back in oh when did they come? Because, no, they were supposed to release the Camaro in 05, and they didn't. Then it was supposed to come out in 06, yeah. and it didn't. So then I don't – actually, I don't know exact year on the new version of the Camaro. It might have been, like, 
09. Yeah, I was going to say it probably it seems like it was 2010 when they, they Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm not so for no, sure. My, my dad ever since they got one of they ever since the new Camaros out came out, my dad had one. And he traded a freaking Pontiac G8 GT for that, and I've hated him for that ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the G8, you know, they extinguished that whole Pontiac line, you know, and yeah, dude, and those were slick cars. Plus, it was a four-door. And at the time, I was living with my parents because I was in high school, so I had to ride in the back of the dang thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and going to a two-door Camaro sucked. Oh, yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's almost like a Corvette back there. There's hardly any seat back there to ride in. Yeah, dude, that, that back seat is for your luggage. Right. <laughs> I bet, man. I bet. And then you, yeah, cramming down in there. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. Man. But yeah, they didn't, nobody, it's like you said, nowadays, it'd be like people, you know, taking something like a Camaro and just, you know, destroying it. And then, you know, 40 years later, you know, everybody wants it, you know, but. Right. Yeah, because for some reason all the Camaros melted. Right. Or rusted away or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah, man. But yeah, man, that's uh that's good stuff to uh, know about the welding and the flux core and the solid. And so when you're doing your, your roll cages, you know, you're you're TIG welding those, correct? Almost all of them, yeah. I the the reason why I do that it, it's it's really two reasons. Number one, I actually went to welding school for TIG welding, so I'm most comfortable with TIG. And then number two, it, because with, with TIG welding, I, I don't know how much people know about TIG welding, but just to be super fast about it, you have a torch in one hand, it's electronically controlled with a foot pedal or a switch, and then you feed wire with your opposite hand or your teeth or whatever the heck you want to do. So your heat input is very precise. And the thing that I like about TIG welding roll cages, aside from the fact that it's difficult and it's a fun challenge, is that your heat input, is it, it can be perfect. With MIG welding a cage, you can set it up to be perfect, and it's perfectly fine. People make weld cages all the time. They make weld chromoly cages, and they pass NHRA, all, all kinds of stuff. You can pass tech with any mid cage. If people tell you the opposite, then they don't know what you're talking about. But for me personally, I TIG them because I'm not a, it's, I mean, technically I'm a professional MIG welder by the fact that I do MIG welding as a profession. But I'm much more comfortable with TIG because I actually went to school for that. And, you know, getting the right settings so that you can go all the way around the tube while you're changing your gun angle and all that kind of stuff and going upside down and uphill and downhill, that's pain in the neck, especially for a guy who's, you know, most of the MIG welding that I do, it's either straight up or straight across. So I just don't have the experience for it. Gotcha, man. Yeah, well, I know, like I said, you do a really good job at doing it. And I can, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there with my little, Hobart, and I'm running the flex uh, flux core, and that's the one thing that I do not like to do is be on my back because of all 
all the splatter and you know you got the nozzle dip going and all that but that shit, man that don't do nothing man that shit goes everywhere you know yeah and you know if you get used to it after a certain amount of time right but that doesn't make it any better <laughs> no 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 it does not man and that's why you know for most people i'm sure it's the same way if you're doing all your own welding it's always the underside of the chassis first, you know, you take, cause that way you can just flip the chassis after you got everything marked and set, you know, it's just a matter of putting it there, locking it down and welding it. So I do not like to go back and have to climb underneath anything to weld anything, you know? Oh dude, I, I'm totally with you. I mean, and I go, I go to the point where I, I mean, I wear extra PPE when I'm welding under a vehicle, which I don't do much, at least for clients anymore. I do for myself a lot. So I, I was doing the exhaust on my 64 Swift Line Dodge probably a month ago. And, you know, but I, I was welding up new hangers under the bed. And I had my headphones in. I had glasses on. I had my welding helmet plus a welding cap that was pulled over the front, not the back, so that if any sparks came actually inside the helmet, it wouldn't go in my eyes or my ears. If you, have you ever had a spark go down your ear hole? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, you can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you hear it. You can hear it sizzling. It, still, it feels like it just burnt out your eardrum. That's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm surprised I haven't burst an eardrum like that, but I've gotten to the point where I just listen to so many podcasts, I just always have my headphones in, and then I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> man. I guess if I fly a headphone, that's better than busting an eardrum, right? Oh, heck yeah, <laughs> man. I've had it, man, and that's a killer. Yeah. That's a killer. <laughs> yeah, that crap sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, as many guys as there are out there that tell you you're a wuss if you've never had slapped or down your neck or down your face or in your ear or whatever it is, there is absolutely nothing wrong with loving your crap on a bench and then bumping it on your truck when you're done. <laughs> right. If I could give any advice to anybody, it's if you're doing, let's say you're doing exhaust, you tack your crap under the vehicle and pull it out gently and then weld it on a bench. You're going to get much better welds, especially if you don't have a whole lot of experience with welding overhead or vertical up, vertical down, or whatever you need to do. Just want that crap on a bench. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, be proud to post your work, too. Especially if you're just a hobbyist, you know, there, there are some jerks out there that'll tell you, your welds look like crap, or why in the world did you do this, or whatever. Don't worry about that. The, the thing that matters is you're out there working on your stuff, and you're learning how to do it, and you do the best that you can. Don't half-ass it just because you can, but do the best job that you know how to do, and be proud of your work. Yeah, that's some good advice, man. And there is a lot of people that I, I call them naysayers, you know. And mm -hmm. what the problem with the naysayer is, majority of them haven't done anything on their own. They haven't done anything, right. you know. They're just criticizing somebody else's stuff, and they've never done anything, you know. So right, yeah. Well, and the, most of those guys, if they're out here on the internet being jerks to you, it's probably because 
they either have some type of an insecurity themselves or somebody's been a jerk to them for a long time and they're just taking it out on you. Right. Yeah. And they don't know you, you can't punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, that's just the crazy stuff. I don't know, man, and if people just would stop and just worry about their own stuff, and it's constructive criticism is one thing. I encourage that. That's that's something, because if I'm doing something wrong, I'd like somebody to be like, okay, hey, that's cool, but if you would have done it this way, you would have ended up with this result, you know, and I take right. stuff sometimes into consideration. People also, you know, they point things out and I'm like, all right, cool. So then the next time I'm doing something, I try to attack it that away. But for people just to outright be jerks about things, it's like, there's no call for that. Yeah. There's, there's nothing helpful about saying that won't look like bird crap and then not, not offering any sort of help. Right. Like, if you tried changing your gun angle, what's your voltage setting? How fast were you running? Did you have the gas turned on? You know? All right. Stuff like that. It, it all makes a difference. And if you're just out there being a jerk, then get out of here. Right, right, definitely. But yeah, that's the cool thing about about our group, like the whole Patina Code on there. Everybody on there, they're, they're helpful. And uh, there's people there learning trying to learn mm -hmm. and there's good advice always given on the page people always got different things that they say and uh, show people how to do things so we got a good community there and uh hope that you know it just continues to be that contagious infectious type thing to where only people that are willing to actually help are wanting to be a part of it and not just people coming on there to antagonize, which is luckily we don't have any of that. And I'm, I'm glad for that. Right. Well, you know, it's like a, it's like a good company culture that you've got going on over there on the page. You know, you, you've got guys that have set the precedent because there's a, there's a group of however many followers you have at this point in time, it's always growing and it's all constructive people. Right. And, you know, you, you may have people following you that don't always post constructive stuff, but they don't see anybody else being a jerk on there. So they're probably not going to post anything. Right. So because you set that precedent at the beginning, it's probably going to stay that way. I'm hoping so, man. I'm hoping so. Cause Me that, too. Yeah, that's the last thing. I, I don't want to get into any issues with somebody over the Internet. It's just it's just pointless. and. But everybody, has, like you just said, everybody has uh, good well-being. They got good wherewithal. They know, like, you know, oh, yeah. everybody's on there is just cool. And it's like, that's the only reason why the page keeps going. Because if it turned into, like, some of those blogs or forum pages where people are just bickering back and forth, I'll shut it down. You know, I won't. Oh, yeah. I won't continue on with it. But... I'm just happy that it's going the way that it is and the people we got on there is pretty good. So, and then we got people like oh, yeah. you that's got helpful information and you know exactly what you're talking about because that's your occupation and it's good to have well, insight. Well, I like to think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have to refer to the, the old guys, you know, because like I told you, told you earlier, I'm 26 and I've got like nine years of welding experience. So, 
I know a lot, but I don't know everything. Right. That's that's why it's good to know the old guys. There's the guys to talk to. And uh, and if anybody who's listening to this doesn't have one of those old guys and you know just need to know something basic, then feel free to to get a hold of me on Instagram. That's that's fine with me. And then go back through the stuff that I've got and uh, and check out the. Check out the, the builds that, that I've done to you. They're, they're just personal projects. But that's how you and I got connected, was actually through that 51 Willis Station wagon build. Yep. And then uh, I daily drive a 64 Dodge Swept line. So I'm, I'm all about the patina code, man. <laughs> I know it, man. I know it for sure, man. So tell them, let them know about your Instagram page, where they can find you. So my Instagram page is RND Fabworks. Uh, my company is R and D Fabworks, but here in Kentucky, if you say that fast enough, it sounds like R and D. So that's what it is on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't have a Facebook page. If, if I just don't have one. Uh, I, I've done some YouTube stuff, but that doesn't really matter. I'm mostly just on Instagram. And uh, if people want to connect with me on LinkedIn too, I'm, I'm on there. It's just under my name, it's Garrett Daniels. And uh, I'd, I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody about any welding or fab stuff. Shoot, we, we've only talked, we, we've barely scratched the surface of, of the stuff that we could talk about as far as welding and fab goes. And it, it doesn't matter what it is. If you've got a question about it, I'd be happy to, to answer it. Uh, just shoot me a DM. And uh, if I don't know the answer, I'll figure it out and tell you. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. And you're going to have to come back and do another show. And we'll get into a little more in depth about some of the welding, some of the things you say. Because like you just said, we just scratched the surface. But uh, this will hopefully start a conversation. And then some, we'll get some requests of people wanting those specific things. And then, you know, I'll detail those things and then get you back on and ask them. And you can provide the answers, man. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. As long as I've got them. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't have them, then I'll ask one of my old guys, and, and then we'll, we'll have the right answer. <laughs> right, right. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. I got you know, it's like you. I, I get to a point of things sometimes. I don't know everything, so we have to research no, it and find it out. Know everything, man. No, <laughs> I don't want to know everything. <laughs> no, that's. Right. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, I was happy to have you on, man. I appreciate you taking your time out and doing this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's an honor and a privilege, brother. Hey, right on, man. Right on. Well, we will get with you the next time, and you have a good rest of the day. Sounds good. You too, brother. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you later.